Psalm 121. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Amen. So I thought I'd start, given that summer and many of you have gone on trips or are considering trips, uh, with asking what kind of traveler are you? Um, my family, my wife and kids just went away for the weekend to grandma's on the island. Uh, and my kids are the kind of um, travelers that have their bags packed three days before sitting by the door. Even the toys, and then they realize, oh, now I can't play with my toys for three days because I've packed them. But uh, they definitely get that from Erica, not me. Um, but l- let me um, just show you some, some items here and see which ones you resonate with for yourself. So are you the kind of traveler who is like this? Made a list, checked it twice. Packed excessive snacks for everyone. That means you're probably a mom, maybe. <laughs> um, uh, had the itinerary nailed down a week ago. Playlist is made, camera at the ready. Researched all the best places to eat. Yeah, Rod? Amen. Uh, This person, sure they forgot something, but they never do, because they're so worried about it that they always make sure. Uh, Who wants to play a game? Uh, Can't believe they said yes to this plan. Where are we going again? Uh, And already napping. That's you? (laughs) Yeah, that would be me if I wasn't driving, but uh, yeah. Okay, so as um, I'm just aware, as we set off on any journey, we have uh, a mixture of apprehension and anticipation. We, we maybe have fears, we maybe have um, hopes of what this trip or this journey is going to entail. Uh, and I definitely think of our, our Nishisa team. I, I spoke with a couple of the youth before they went, and that was definitely their experience. There's so many unknowns. I mean, for, for myself, if I was to go, there's so many unknowns about going to a, a different country on a trip like this. But for them, you multiply that by just their age and life experience. And um, they were filled with both those apprehension and anticipation. Uh, and it's, it's quite an uh, endeavor to do a trip like that. Um, the first time I did a trip like that myself, it was a little mission trip, um, was actually when I was in my 20s. And it was still, still filled with those things for me. So I was, Erica and I lived in England for about six months when we were first married, uh, interning at a church there in Bristol. Uh, and they had a relationship kind of like we do with Nishisa in, in Kosovo, actually, with an, a group and a, a couple there. So we went on this little trip, and it was, it was a completely unknown place. I, I remember reading up on it, so I could have as much information as I could going in. But the, the morning we left on the plane, uh, I had to wake up at like four in the morning and slip out of bed quietly, not to wake Erica. And, and I remember waiting for my ride outside and actually kneeling down right in the garden amongst the flowers because it was the only kind of place that made sense. And just, and just praying, just asking God for protection and uh, to keep us and guard us on this trip. And I just remember this feeling when I was newly married. I remember just not wanting to, to die and not return to my new wife. It was, uh, I was really filled with a lot of emotion in it and yet so excited to go and to experience this. Um, so, uh, this, this first line of the psalm, uh, I lift my eyes up to the mountains, 
Um, I've, always, I've always interpreted that partly because of the song, I lift my eyes up to the mountains, where does my help come from? I've always interpreted that as a, as a positive, I lift my eyes up to the mountains, they remind me of God, God's grandeur, God's majesty, his creation. Um, but as I've spent time with this psalm and, and done some reading, uh, it seems like it's a little unclear what the, what the interpretation of the mountains or the hills means. So I'm curious what you, what you think of and what is evoked for you when you hear that line and look up to the mountains. Uh, I think where we live and some of the people I know here, the mountains represent um, a joyful, exciting, adventurous place, a place where you maybe encounter God in a way that you don't other places. Um, and, and there is definitely an element of that. Uh, but for, for the Jewish people looking at the mountains in that time, there, there may have been some apprehension as well, some danger, um, falling off cliffs, uh, being attacked by bandits or robbers. You think of the, the Good Samaritan story where he's attacked on the road. Um, so there, there are some dangers, some real fears that could be in there. Uh, the, other, the other interesting thing that um, the mountains represented back then was, was these holy places, these sacred places where people would worship uh, the other gods. So there was Baal or Baal, however you want to say it. Um, Asherah, they would have these Asherah poles, these shrines on top of hills where they would go to worship these other gods. So looking up to the mountains and then saying, where does my help come from? Uh, there's, there's a whole mixture of things that that could mean for them and that could mean for us. So uh, the response to this sort of rhetorical question by the, the people of the psalm is saying, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So there is that connection to this majesty of creation, but we look to help not to creation, but to the creator, to the one who made these amazing things. And if you think of how majestic creation and the mountains and um, everything in creation are, you think that much greater of the one who made them. So uh, when we were in England uh, as well, we went on a little road trip around Somerset and did Stonehenge and that kind of things. And there was, we were driving along, we saw this cool image um, on the hill of this tower. We thought, oh, that looks really neat. So this is in Glastonbury, uh, the Glastonbury Tor. Uh, and so we decided um, to set off and, and hike up this hill. And it, was, it wasn't, I mean, they might call it a mountain there. It's definitely a hill. It didn't take too long. But it was getting dark, and by the time we got to the top... Uh, it was quite dark, and it was kind of creepy, actually. Um, and as we, we came around the corner um, to enter into this, uh, this t tower to see it, uh, there were two, two people in the shadows, and they were all dressed in black and had, like, I think they had, like, black eye makeup and stuff. And it sort of felt like they were chanting or doing some kind of weird pagan <laughs> thing in there. So we scared them off. They ran off. Uh, but it was very... <laughs> It was very creepy, uh, and it just, it just connected for me uh, with you know, the purpose of some of these places. They were uh, made to, to worship, to uh, honor these other gods, other forces. Um, and so the next, the next line in the psalm is, He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Uh, and, and this is a theme I want to continue on today a little bit more about the God who never sleeps. Um, but it reminded me of this story that I loved in my picture Bible. Did anybody have a picture Bible? It was like the comic book version when I was a kid. Um, it's from First Kings and it's Elijah and he uh, sort of has this challenge with the, the prophets of Baal um, and the priests to see which God is real. Is it 
his God or their God. And so he challenges them. They both set up altars and they put the wood and everything on. And they, they have this deal that they're going to pray to their God and, and ask their God to come and send fire to light it on fire. Uh, and I remember just loving this story in the Bible. Um, and so the, the prophets of Baal go, they start chanting, they start doing all their rituals, and uh, there's, there's, I think, 450 of them all doing this. So it's quite a scene. And they do this all morning long, uh, culminating with this kind of funny... Um, quote from Elijah. It says, at noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a god. Perhaps he's deep in thought, or busy, or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. Um, and so there was a sense for uh, those who worship these other gods that they did sleep. Maybe they slept through the winter until um, the new growing season. Uh, or maybe they just needed to be reminded, like, oh, hey, you're our god. Come help us. Um, so they would do a lot of things, a lot of the burning of, of sacrifices to send the smoke up to God to wake him up. Um, so that was, that was what was going on there for them. Uh, so the end of the story, obviously, Elijah just simply praised his God, although first he, he gets them to hose down the, the altar just to make sure there's no trickery or anything in this. And he prays uh, to his God and God sends fire and um, makes clear who the real God is. Uh, so as we, as we move on in the psalm, um, there's all this language around protection and God keeping us and watching over us, um, keeping watch. Uh, and there's this, this next line, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. Uh, and it goes on to talk about the sun and shielding from the sun. So there's a sense of shade, shading you from the hot sun, which would have been a real issue as you're traveling through the mountains to Jerusalem. Um, the sun is very hot in those parts. And, uh, but it also, this shade at your right hand and at your right hand is sort of speaks to this idea of like a, a champion, a hero, a savior that stands beside you and protects you. Um, so an image like, like that, as you journey, there's this big, big burly champion beside you, shielding you both from the sun as well as protecting you from the dangers that might, might come along. So, um, in our summer series that Easton and Sean are continuing today with our kids and youth, um, because the message translation of this psalm uses the term guard or guardian like eight times, uh, it just kind of made us think about Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a popular movie series and um, connected into the whole Marvel Avengers thing, which was a big deal this past season. Uh, and so we, we did a Guardian of the Galaxy theme um, and there is this line right from the psalm. It says, God is your guardian right at your side to protect you. And uh, so we've been showing some little video clips of some of the guardians of the galaxy. There's this team of five that, that have different qualities, that, um, some, some of which really represent God's protection, some, which, some qualities which don't necessarily represent God very well. Um, but it's been interesting just to see and connect with the qualities of God that we see and how God is a protector. So last week we, um, we showed a little clip of one of the characters, Drax, who is standing beside kind of at the right hand of his friend Gamora and this team of guardians as her sister, who's sort of her arch enemy really, um, is, is taunting her and um, criticizing her. So we'll hopefully be able to see that it's a little bright in here, but uh, it's just a quick little clip um, that we can play now. Gamora, look at what you have done. You have always been weak. You stupid traitor. 
talks to my friends like that. So you can't see him very well, but that's Drax. He's a very muscular guy, played by a, a, an ex-wrestler uh, with a great deep voice. And, and that's, that's one kind of protection and guardianship that, that there are times in our life when we, when we really would love to have that. Uh, I remember, I'm sure as a kid or as a teenager, some of you can remember times when you would have loved to have somebody show up and protect you. And, uh, or maybe you had an older sibling that people knew not to mess with you because you had this big older sibling to deal with them. Um, but that's one way that God protects and guards. So uh, for the next, this, this whole series this summer, we've been um, making sure to have time for you to interact and to uh, reflect together on, on some of the things that the Psalms are bringing up for you. So we're going to do that in a moment. And, and I wanted to um, just frame this a little bit. So you can spend time in your groups for about 10 minutes talking about these two, two main questions. So just right from the psalm, the line, where does your help come from? Uh, and when I think about this, uh, my first thing about times when I'm stressed or in need, um, especially times I'm stressed or, or even anxious, uh, there's this, I've recognized this instinctive response to pull out, pull out my phone. Uh, and I'm not even sure what it is sometimes. Maybe it's a pr- procrastination from things. Maybe it's just become instinctive. Uh, and I definitely periodically have to have times where I, I you know, reset myself from that, those instincts. Um, but maybe there's something else that you reach for um, that, you, that you look to, you recognize now that you think about it, you can look back and think, oh yeah, I do kind of instinctively reach for this when I need help. Um, and then the second one uh, is share a time when help was delivered to you unexpectedly. So a time, uh, kind of like that video clip where you're feeling threatened and then all of a sudden it's dealt with, uh, or somebody shows up, or something shows up to help you, to offer you what you need in that moment. Not because of something you've done, or, um, but maybe because of God's grace, maybe you can connect to how you see God's hand in what, what that experience is. So, uh, so feel free to, to do both of those, or one of those, um, and share and invite stories from one another. Uh, so we've been just turning in our, kind of where we are in groups of three or four or whatever makes sense to you. Um, so we want you to be comfortable in this and to be able to engage and be honest. Don't feel like you need to share anything um, deeper than you're comfortable, uh, but do please just engage with each other. And if you just want to listen, you can, you can do that as well. So let's take about 10 minutes now. So I, I hope that you were able to hear a whole range of, of answers to this and experiences um, and maybe some ways to connect into where you see God's grace in, in the help that's been provided to you from unexpected places or, or when you've, even when you've asked for it. Uh, I know there's so many ways in which God is protecting and keeping us that we will never know, never see. Um, and so many ways in which God uses others to bring us blessing and grace and love. Um, so as we get towards the end of this psalm, though, um, the next line, verse 7, Lord, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life from all harm. So uh, the invitation for us who've been preaching this summer has been to, to have a psalm and to kind of live into it for the, the weeks leading up to our time to share and to meditate on it, pray on it. And uh, so that's what I've been doing with this psalm for, for quite a while, about six weeks at least. Um, and so it's been hard to... to um, be sitting with this line, the Lord will keep you from all harm, amidst, you know, some of the things in the news. Uh, there was the day of a 
two different shootings. Um, you know, one outside a, a Walmart, people shopping for school supplies for their kids and, and losing their lives. So it definitely, you know, brings up emotion for me and, and kind of that, what, um, God, how do we reconcile this? You will keep us from all harm. You'll protect us completely um, when we have those kind of stories happening. Um, so uh, we, we actually did uh, share a bit of that with our, uh, talked a little bit about that with our youth last week and asked some good questions. And, and as always, they, they, um, they don't surprise us anymore, but they, they um, impress us with their wisdom and their perspectives. Uh, and so, as much as I wrestled through this and was coming to some conclusions, con- con- some conclusions, but still, still with some unanswered questions, which I still have, um, they were pretty matter-of-fact about, uh, you know, well, God gave us free will, and people use that well, and they use it badly, and, and bad things happen. Even though God is protecting us, uh, we suffer at the hands of people using their, their free will for bad. Uh, and, and one of them just, one word answer just said, heaven. And I was like, well, let's say more about that. And, and something we had talked about at our preacher's meeting as well is this, this long view, this um, eternal perspective that is important to have in our lives. And, and there is a sense in the, which this word, um, this keeping us from harm, has the connotation of preserving us. And there is a way in which uh, even when um, we suffer unspeakable things or when we lose our lives, there's a way in which God preserves us. Um, and when we have that eternal perspective, when we know what story we're living into, when we know how the story ends, um, it can help us a little bit, at least, to make sense of some of the, the horrors of, of human experience on this earth. Um, so I'm still going to struggle with those things that happen. Um, but uh, it actually gives me, gives me some hope when I, when I actually... I'm able to um, face the hardest of the evils that this world um, includes. Uh, the faith rises up in me that says, well, that must mean that grace and heaven, eternity, God's presence must be even that much greater and more beautiful and more amazing than I have realized. You know, if the evils are this evil and God has the last word, then that means it's even better than I can fathom. Um, so uh, there's some questions that I think this psalm uh, brings up for us or for me uh, and really it's around, it's around trust do we trust God um, so do we believe that or do you believe that God wants to protect you that he cares enough to that he loves you enough to that you matter enough do, do you believe God can protect you is he able is he powerful enough uh, despite the other forces going on. Um, and the one maybe I get stuck on the most is, do you believe God is better at taking care of you than you are at taking care of yourself? Uh, and I recognize that's where, uh, that's where I maybe falter is, um, I sort of have this, I got this God attitude sometimes. Um, and one of the places that comes up for me is, is uh, and something that's been part of my journey this summer as I've, as I've worked through the psalm, is uh, the idea of rest. Um, and it's, it's been a theme for me since last year when I was granted uh, graciously a sabbatical. Um, and I've learned a lot about rest and about sleep. And so I have this sleep as a spiritual practice. I, I came across a book a few years back at, at Regent Bookstore 
it was a spiritual formation, you know, um, spiritual disciplines, practices book, and I was sort of paging through it, and the first chapter, they always had a practice at the end, like homework at the end, and the first chapter, the homework at the end was sleep. Uh, oh, that's kind of a cool spiritual practice. So the, the encouragement, and I encourage you to, was to, to uh, the, the, in the next week, to take one day where uh, you just sleep in as long as you possibly can, and if you wake up and just want to lie in bed longer, just don't get up until you until you just want to get up. Uh, and of course, if you have kids or other responsibilities, there's some arrangements you will need to make to make this happen. Alternatively, he said you can just make sure uh, to sleep uh, an extra hour from your normal three times this week. So this, this might be a little easier to do in the summer with vacations and things, um, but I think even going to September, I want to be conscious of, I definitely recognize um, the the way that I get myself into trouble when I don't have enough sleep and feels like it's been a, a number of years now and there's a cumulative effect having young children, um, but uh, but sleep is important, rest is important, um, and I love this this image of a God who never slumbers nor sleeps, um, and how uh, how we can take refuge in that, how we can put our trust in God. Um, we can go to sleep because God is not going to sleep. We can go to sleep because God is still working, still watching, still protecting, still guarding. Um, you know, the world will go on without us. Life will go on. Uh, and that feels really hard sometimes in the midst of work projects or, or family crisis or, or many things. But um, I think it does come back to those questions of trust. Uh, and so... Um, we can respond to God's grace and just inviting us to rest, to say, he's got this. We don't have to have it. Um, and the final verse of this psalm, the Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. It kind of wraps up this psalm that in many ways speaks to the comprehensive protection and care of God. So from the sun and the moon, from now and forevermore, are coming and are going. There's, there's so many ways in which the psalm just tries to cover the whole basis of our human experience and tell us that God can be trusted to protect us, to watch us, to keep us. As I've reflected more personally on, on, this, on this psalm as well, um, there's, just, there's a way in which um, I recognize that who, who God has made me to be and how I can be truly that person uh, does really begin with, with trust, with being honest about who I am and what I need. Uh, and there's ways in which um, I've recognized that my body is often telling me things and I'm misinterpreting them. So uh, there's times when I feel what I would call I feel lazy and I interpret it as that and I beat myself up for being or feeling lazy. Um, when really my body is telling me I need rest, um, and that's okay. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. Um, and there's, as I've been learning about myself as well, there's a sense in which I'm a person who tends to be kind of very aware of, of a lot of things all at the same time, and there's a drain that happens in doing that. Um, and so learning about myself and saying it's, that's a good thing about me, but it has a, it has a consequence, and a, the cons- it's, it's not because there's something wrong with me. It's not because I'm broken. Um, it's, it's who I am, it's who God's made me to be. And, and so to just live into that, to be real with myself, to be honest with myself and with others, to say, I'm tired, <laughs> I need to rest. Um, but that's, that's been, even this past year, that's been a hard thing to do even though I know what I should do. Um, so 
there has been a real gift in this psalm of, of, um, with this image of God never sleeping um, that just gives me the, the ability to say, it's okay, I can, I can do what I know is good for me and trust that God will work good out of that, that God will take care of the things that, that I'm not going to take care of, and that in the end, um, God's will, God's goodness uh, and grace will, will persist. So as we, um, as we wrap up, I just wanted to share a verse that, that has stuck with me this week as well um, from Ephesians 3. Uh, and there's a sense of, of the way that um, God is there to protect us and care for us when we ask, but God is also surprising us and, and giving us care and doing so much more than we could even ask or no to ask. So it's Ephesians 3, 20, 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So Matt, why don't you come up and we'll respond in worship. I lift my eyes up to the mountains where does my help come from amen god is good god is able god is our guardian our protector our keeper uh, the one who watches over us and never sleeps Donna, would you would you pray for us to close? Yeah, I just just to gather up this morning, I felt like I wanted to end our service in prayer and uh, have another voice. So that'd be great. Thank you. So interesting because I was sitting on something while I was there, and I was thinking, well, doesn't seem like there's an opportunity to share it. So anyway, <laughs> you shocked me. Awesome. Um, and I was remembering. Uh, this time when uh, was the story of the life of Cory Ten Boom, and she was in the death camps, and her her father Papa was there, and he was about to go to the gas chamber, and they were like she was looking at him, and he was gaunt and emaciated and on his way to die, and she, she looked over at him, and he was reciting Psalm ninety one. and it was very similar to the theme of the song today, the psalm we said today. And she was like, how can he say this in the midst of this? Like, God, you're not protecting him from harm. Look at him. He's, he's dying. He's going to his death. And then she looked again, and she saw his face, and it was shining. And it was like the horrors of what he was in the middle of weren't touching him at all. He was inside of a different place. And she realized that... You know, some of the, I struggle with all the same questions that all of us struggle with, but I go back to that and realize he promised that he was Emmanuel, God with us in the midst of all the things that happen in life. And for me, it's just a constant reminder to live close to the heart of God because he is the God who is with us no matter what. And he promises it's going to rain on the just and the unjust that in this world we will have tribulation, but don't be afraid, I've overcome the world. And so those were the thoughts as we were contemplating this psalm today that there's some really hard questions that come to mind, 
But if we don't expect that life is going to spare us sorrow, but we know that there's a God who is with us in the midst of it, of it all, no matter what, and that we can live inside the heart of that God and know that these things don't have to touch us the way they touch the rest of the world. Uh, so, Father, I just pray that um, as we wrestle with the realities of life in the world and life in the kingdom, life in you, that you would lead each one of us to a place where we can truly say from the depths of our being, God is good all the time, and we can rest in the goodness of our God and trust you no matter what uh, circumstances we're facing in our life, big or small. We know that we have a God who never slumbers or sleeps, but he is a God who promises to be with us, and he showed that to us when he emptied himself and walked among us and became one of us. So you understand, Father. You understand our journey. You understand the pain and the difficulties and the questions and the confusion. But you also are uh, one who kept your eyes on the Father. And you said for the joy set before you, that's us, that you endured your suffering and uh, walked all the way through to the other side. And so may we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen.